creepy. Everybody can it for a second. <laughs> can <Can't> hang it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Some of the Davenport in Davenportland. <laughs> and tonight we're going to talk about some Doctor Who. Yeah, I know, it was terrible. <laughs> I like bad jokes, can I say? That's why you married me. Yeah. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to our show, we uh, tend to discuss retro horror and sci fi television that's uh, at least 20 years old. And tonight we're going to delve into some 70s. Doctor Who, uh, specifically the Tom Baker era of Doctor Who. Woohoo, the he, best. He is definitely my favorite. Um, he was the fourth Doctor, um, and we're going to talk about a four-part episode from season 12 called The Ark in Space, and before we get deep into that, I thought maybe we could do a general discussion in case you are not a Whovian, which is slang for hardcore Who fans. At least that's what they tell me on the internet. Hmm. Um, uh, the internet. Let's, let's the go into a little background about the general origin of Doctor Who. I've got my trusty Wikipedia page Well, so here. From, from what I understand, <laughs> Doctor Who is a spinoff from a show called Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. Correct. And it's, yes. Known, yes. And, it's, and it's known primarily for its cast colorful characters I, like Jabba the Hutt, Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi. Um, I, I believe Doctor Flash Who Gordon. himself is the son of Boxy. Yes, oh. okay, yes. Uh, Flash Gordon. Um, and it was uh, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, yeah. With the Queen's blessing, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Queen oversaw every single episode. <laughs> yes. Still yes. does to this day. The show, uh, the show went on a hiatus during the reign of uh, Margaret Thatcher. And, uh, and then was reinstated. When um, you're done spouting your fake news, <laughs> fake news. <laughs> I'm gonna give the listeners some yeah. actual background <laughs> from some reliable sources. So, so Doctor Who is a British science fiction program. Uh, it was produced by the BBC, and it's been on the air since 1963, and it is still currently on the air. Um, is it is it like nonstop? No, actually, there was a little bit of a break uh, from the late 80s through the 90s. So, specifically, it ran straight from 1963 through 1989, which is pretty damn impressive. It's a pretty good run. Yeah. Is that known as the dark days? What, the days of no no (laughs) who? The days of no who. The who list days. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then it uh, started back up again in uh, 2005 and is still currently running. Oh, it went that long in a hiatus, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so 
the doctor is the main character and he is an alien. Uh, I, I got this from BBC America. So, oh. you know, okay. just give my credit to, to this synopsis of who he is. He is an alien time lord from the planet Gallifrey. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Sorry. I'm a I'm a lightweight Whovian. As I'm you guys, I think you're right. As you guys will be able to tell from this episode, <laughs> none of us are a hundred percent Whovians. Well, we'll um. put it this way: I, I, I am somewhat. I'm definitely a fan of what I've seen, but on a scale of of who Whovian, I'm probably the size of the Who's in Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to back to my description. He he's from the uh, planet Gallifrey, and he travels through all of time and space. In his, I also added her because that's relevant now. Tardis with his or her companions. Sometimes, usually there's just one companion. Usually they're an Earthling. Um, often they're female. Sometimes there's a second companion along for the ride too, as in the episode we'll be discussing. Um, instead of dying because he's immortal, the Doctor is able to regenerate. That's in quotations for some reason. <laughs> into a new body. <laughs> Taking on, I was just furiously taking notes and not really critiquing it's, them. It's a regenerate as opposed to recast. <laughs> yeah, he regenerates into a new body, taking on a new personality with each regeneration. Um, which is a really convenient way of explaining why there are two present day, there have been 13 mm -hmm. different doctors. So each time the doctor goes through a new regeneration, surprise, we have a new actor portraying the role. And... Currently, we have the first female doctor, hmm. so cheers for that. Very good, very good. Yeah, I've... and the first, um, just fun facts and trivia in case anybody cares. Uh, <laughs> let's see, I have this written down in my notes. Um, the very first doctor was William Hartnell in 1963, and the present day doctor is played by Jodie Whittaker. Hmm. Yeah. I... I heard something, this is vague Doctor Who trivia rattling around in my head, but there's some some weird thing about Time Lords only being able to regenerate 13 times normally or something, and he's... Oh, maybe. And there's a weird thing, it's like, oh, Doctor Who's fourth regeneration is different, or he's special or something, because he did it more than X amount of times. There's I can't remember. so much background yeah. in the, in the Whoverse. The Hooverse. The Hooniverse. Yeah, I, I, I apologize if you are a hardcore Doctor Who fan. And oh yeah, we're going to get so much, so much wrong. So much more than we do, you know. You should probably yeah. definitely take this whole episode with a grain of salt. And maybe we'll, we should look up maybe like at least one or two podcasts that are actually... <laughs> Who there's there's probably so many. Oh, no, you you probably oh make people God. angry oh, recommending yes. a Who podcast. Oh yeah, we recommend the wrong There's one, certain there's certain Who podcasts who don't know a damn thing. Hey, okay, needless to say, we're all a little out of our element for this episode, but you can't uh, do retro sci-fi and not talk about the classic Tom Baker years of Doctor Who. Yeah, at least we know that. I, fair, I had fair. thought that for a long time. We should definitely we're going to talk about retro horror and sci-fi. We need to talk about Doctor Who. We need to talk about. I think predominantly my entryway growing up from reading Starlog magazine represent, uh, you know, you always saw ads for Doctor Who stuff, and but I I I came into it knowing Tom Baker Doctor Who. Me too. That was just kind of like and and Doctor Who had its 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 vibe. Uh, it had its own certain vibe of like it's low budget special effects and um and, and all, all all that stuff that that I grew up really loving. So um 
I know though, like other like Matt Smith, and uh, I actually really like from what little I've seen. Like I I I liked Peter Capaldi's more recent like take on it. Oh, I guess uh -huh. he went for more like a Bowie kind of like way. But then if you watch. Uh, if you watch the William Hartnell ones, he's very um, stuffy and <laughs> cantankerous and everything. But the Tom Baker ones, I think, where it went kind of psychedelic and kind of cheesy, kind of to very tongue-in-cheek, you know, so it makes for a good companion series to um, Monty Python, I think. I can hmm. see that, yeah. Because there's, there's, there's that combined sort of, like, I think that's where they started to recognize it's sort of like... Stiff upper lip British. Um, I cannot think of the. It's like a term for it, but it's sort of what's the. Uh, like the stoicism. The of stoicism it? and that, that sort of like oh well well of course well, you know like <laughs> now we don't have to wait as long or, or uh, it it reminds me of that the Monty Python sketch oh, so where the, they're the, in the, the dry humor. The dry yeah. humor, you Definitely. know, the, the, that sort of like that Monty Python sketch where they're in the office and they they keep. There's people falling out windows several floors above them, and one of them is like, "Are you seeing this? There's, there's, you know, people are falling from upper floors past our window." And John Cleese is like, "Oh, well, it must be Tuesday." <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think this run, this interim of uh, of Doctor Who, kind of really nails that kind of like, well, of course, <laughs> you know, like, in in spite of crazy circumstances. So, this is a good. This is a good little run. Well, and Tom Baker kind of embodies this late 70s, he's the ultra-hip, kind of nutty professor that all the kids love. He's got the elbow patches, and he's got his, his <laughs> he signature way-too-long scarf. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And he's got his big, crazy, curly hair, and he's very laid back about everything, and like he's fascinated by the universe, but he also gets very detached to what's going on. He's not overly emotional. He's compassionate, but he doesn't get really involved. He's kind of got this, like, kind of zen attitude about him. And mm -hmm. and, uh, and just a quick note, um, if you haven't listened to our pilot episode, we talk about how uh, the Tom Baker era of Doctor Who had an intro with music that used to terrify <laughs> me as a child, and we discuss it in depth uh, in our pilot episode. Integral. <laughs> it, it was one of the things I was most terrified of mm. as a child. Uh, so that's, you know, that's always a fun thing to talk about, things that freak you out. And um, This episode was not the first episode I ever watched all the way through that we were going to discuss, and I'm glad because it was definitely one of the darker episodes. Yeah, there's and some spooky stuff in this I one. I don't think it would have helped me get over my fear <laughs> if I'd watched that one first. But I definitely, for a long time, because of my just childhood exposure to Doctor Who being on uh, public television as a kid, he, he in my mind was Doctor Who forever mm -hmm. until the, you know, mid-2000s and suddenly Christopher Eccleston came on the scene and then David Tennant just sort of stole the show. 
Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Well, um, Chris, do you want to give the synopsis um, for the arc in space? Sure, I can, I can try to summarize it as best I can. This is an episode I, I went through a period of getting into Tom Baker, Doctor Who, and the Multnomah County Library. Shout out to them. Uh, yes. They had a bunch of Doctor Who episodes, and so I... I think maybe I had my wisdom teeth taken out, and so I had plenty of uh, time to recuperate at home and got a bunch of these Doctor Who episodes. And one, the, one of the first that I watched was The Ark in Space. This is the, if you're not familiar with the format of Doctor Who, they're told in roughly 25-minute episodes, but like in a serial format. So this is the second serial of the 12th season. It's four episodes of about a half hour each. And uh, so this was the second serial of the 12th season and it aired in January of 1975. And it's the Doctor and his companions, Harry and Sarah Jane, and they travel, as you know, throughout time and space in the TARDIS. And the TARDIS lands on sort of a space station kind of uh, colony, hence the Ark in space. It's about 10,000 years into the future, so humanity has fled Earth and is trying to kind of, like, I guess they're trying to wait it out until conditions improve. Until it heals itself. Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, it's actually so, st still a relevant plot line today. Well, yeah, ironically, it, yes. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't a plot where humans destroy the Earth. It was a solar flare. It was solar flares, yeah. yeah. Oh, but, you're right. You know. That is right, yeah. So it's um, and it's a little bit like if you've seen Alien Covenant recently. It's the same kind of idea, although in Covenant they're looking for another, they're looking for another planet to colonize. Sure. But it's that similar, you know, if you remember that movie and all the people, the the little pods that are aboard this giant ship. So, humanity, or at least a large part of humanity, is in cryogenic stasis over time, uh, and they end up in the middle uh, aboard the ship while humanity is still in stasis but things have gone wrong and they've kind of they had set sort of a what they say an alarm clock kind of system to awaken them at the proper time but they've overslept for thousands of years because a an invasive alien species uh of uh kind of they kind of start space out maybe mosquitoes. as uh, yeah, like, like kind of yeah. like they kind of look like larvae in the begin with, and they're kind of worm like. And no, they're grubby. Grubby, yeah, and then they kind of turn into this weird uh, mosquito kind of praying mantis looking creature, and they've uh, invaded this kind of ship and uh, disabled some. <laughs> they've chewed through some cables, and so as the doctor and his companions arrive on the ship they're discovering this and they're awakening some of the people in command and some other uh various uh, red shirts aboard <laughs> you go find that out i will oh i'm dead <laughs> so they're investigating what's been going on and, and so then the plan of this alien species the the worm is that yeah the worm w-i-r-r-n yeah. i think r-n yeah worm. kind of a play on worm. worms but uh so they're um they're sort of retaliating against other alien species and humans sort of invading their their world and 
their plot is to because this is humanity and we've stored aboard the ship we've stored all this knowledge and they're going to take over humans and absorb all of human knowledge so they'll be ultra powerful and um, and they're gonna wipe humans out yeah so so that's that's the gist of this general episode they've got to track them well down. And, and i forgot to say at the very beginning like usually try to say this in every episode we are going full into spoilers so we'll be talking about how it ends um, if you want to watch this, the episode is called The Ark in Space. Um, you can currently get it through Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime and you want to do a free trial of their channel BritBox, you can subscribe to a free seven-day subscription of BritBox and check out all of these older Doctor Who episodes and binge some other great shows <laughs> and keep going with it or cancel uh we don't care. We don't work for Amazon. I swear, we're not trying to get to get them any more money. Give me that Bezos money. I mean, you know, he's going through a tricky divorce right now. He needs a little extra cash. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we, half half of three billion is it's just not enough to get by on. We plugged Boomerang back when we did our Scooby Doo episodes. So I feel like maybe we're we're helping out Amazon a little too much. <laughs> We've got that mad Shutter money. Well, you yeah. can get yeah. Boomerang. Shutter's without, amazing. You can get Boomerang without uh without Amazon. It's true. When you you actually, you can probably get BritBox, BritBox probably without yeah. Amazon too. So if you want to avoid Amazon, oh, there's maybe, an Apple TV app too. If you do the Apple TV thing. Unfortunately, yeah. when you get BritBox, you also don't receive a weekly supply of delicious British candies. Oh, which is what oh I was Cadbury eggs, yes. <laughs> Jelly um, babies. Jelly babies. <laughs> so, yeah, just I just wanted to get that in there real quick. And also, you know, maybe you don't use Prime, maybe you don't want to do a trial subscription, check out your local library, because a lot of them tend to have Doctor Who on hand. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Especially the old Tom Baker. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Definitely. It's kind of essential library should, content. As a, as a side note, I think there's a there's a DVD out there of Tom Baker going through. It's kind of like a This Is Your Life. And and they, they don't tell him what clips they're going to show him. They just kind of surprise him and say, Hey, here's a clip from this episode. Remember this? And so he'll, it, he'll watch these clips from these different episodes and then talk about his memories from those episodes. And it's... If you like Tom Baker Doctor Who, it's kind of really heartwarming to watch. It's it's very good. So mm, I'd nice. recommend that too if you if you get a chance. I don't remember what it's called, but I'm sure it's like Tom Baker remembers or we'll try and find it later. It's and good. Yeah. Put a link if there's any YouTube clips of it. Or yeah. Something. So this this episode was uh, narratively for me really interesting because it just jumps right into it. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm used to Star Trek where you know we get. Captain's Log, this is happening, and we're going to do this, and this is what the plot's going to be about. And this one is just, boom, TARDIS, yeah. right in the middle of a spaceship, we're out here, where are we, what's going on here, totally. I don't know. Do you want to explain what the TARDIS is, too, in case you've never watched any Doctor Who? I mean, it's, I feel like it's so culturally omnip omnipresent, the like... People it's know a, what the TARDIS it's is. It's a British it's, police box. It's it's, and it's Bill, bigger on the inside. Exactly. It's it's so, Bill and Ted's, it's like Bill and Ted's, um... Phone their booth. phone booth? Yeah. It's, so, only, it's bigger on the inside. Bigger on the inside. phone booth is it's not bigger big. on the inside. <laughs> yeah. And somehow they still managed to fit beef oven and um, so crates. Right, so, so crates. crates. <laughs> so crates. So crates Johnson, Bob yeah. Genghis Khan, James mm -hmm. Beef Oven, and, and Abraham Lincoln. In the phone right. booth, not the turn. And don't forget the, the short dead dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her Herman the Kid. So I didn't ever 
bother to look this up before until tonight, but um, I always see TARDIS and it's in all caps. So it's like, oh, obviously that stands for something. And because I'm only a tiny who and whoville, whovian, <laughs> um, I had to look this up. And TARDIS, does anyone know what it stands I for? I do not Anyone? Know. Anyone? Okay. Uh, okay. I, I think the T is for temporal. No. So nope. Andy Incorrect. and I are the least Whovian of the group, <laughs> where we've both seen at least, well, we've both seen the episode. Prior with, prior to me, this. Let me get this out before go, you guys go, okay, go, go off on a whole it. long tangent, because that will happen. <laughs> okay. So TARDIS stands for time and relativity. Or no, sorry, relative. <laughs> I already screwed it up. Time and relative dimension in space. Okay. Huh. There you have it. TARDIS. Bam. Alright. So, so yeah, Andy and I have both seen the one with the, the statues. The Weeping Angels. Oh, those things are so creepy. Right. And we totally need to put one in our cemetery display on Halloween Sunday. Yeah, and, that, and that, that seems like, that's like the Who episode, the modern Doctor Who. If, if you've seen any episodes, that's the one you've seen. There's right. been a lot of, yeah. Everybody knows what Dalton looks like. I feel inspired like by that. so many people have seen it because it, like, was award-winning and everything but in like but because whovians when they're trying to induct you in mm. are like oh you have to watch this episode that's what like, happened that'll, yeah that'll yeah get that, you to hook. hook you and like i totally i watched it and i was like oh that's really cool and interesting and they're like all right now you have you know five thousand episodes to for watch the, and, and like, for those um, for, for those at home that's the uh this it's like um they're sort of statues but if you turn your back or you blink your eyes and they're closer Correct. suddenly when you look again they're yeah. statues that they're only really come alive without looking at them yeah and yeah super creepy yep and, and i've they're... seen two other episodes besides that not including the ones we watched tonight so i'm the least hoovian yeah the ones the one that i saw he, he met satan in space or something satan was locked in a vault on a planet Y you know Satines. 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 <laughs> I, yeah, has no, Andy like, seen The Visitor? Chris has. I haven't seen The Visitor. I've, <laughs> oh, I've seen Chris Satine was, Chris was not a fan. Chris, Chris <laughs> sort of slogged through The Visitor as much as he could. I, 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 really, I feel like The Visitor <laughs> and... love The Attack Hawk? <laughs> Anyway. I need He's a lot more. I now. need a lot more <laughs> legal in organ weed to uh, to make it through the visit. Sure, oh. sure. Well, you know, some other time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, Andy. No, no <laughs> Derailed problem. your conversation. So I, like I said, was exposed to Doctor Who really early on because it would come on after kids programs and terrify me when I was a child. But then. Um, that was off the air was, by the time I was born. That's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. you're. You're a baby. Yeah. Born in 88. Yeah, so I, well, in honestly, I mean, these episodes are from the 70s. I wasn't alive in the 70s, but they were on, in rerun format yeah. on our local public broadcasting um, because it, they were really popular. Everybody loved those episodes. Um, and so I had a little bit of exposure to that. And then in college, um, I had a friend who was a Doctor Who fan, and he had a bunch of the Tom Baker era episodes on VHS because, you know, it was... The, it was like 2000, 2001, so people still had VCRs back then, kids. Good old VCRs. And so sometimes when I get uh, done with my classes at U of O, I'd go hang out and we'd watch, we watched, my favorite one of those was the Pirate Planet, <laughs> where uh, there's this uh, planet that's going around and basically sucking the life force out of other planets, so it's kind of like a little bit of a Death Star kind of yeah. vibe. Um, and But he's 
decked out like a pirate, like like Pirates of the Caribbean, Yoho, oh, and a man. bottle of rum. And he's got a mechanical parrot, and it's got it's one of the most ridiculous things. And if I can find a clip of it, I'll put it in our show notes. This so is Tom Baker that has yeah, that? Or? So yeah, so they can oh, see man. it on YouTube, and the pirate keeps, like, sticks it on people, so its wings spread out, and it makes, like, this awful mechanical, like, squawk or whatever, and it launches itself at people with, like, a metal beak and kills people. It's so, so funny. It's Sounds so Fantastic. so funny um so that's definitely one of my favorites and then in like i want to say sometime around like 2007 2008 um all of the newer revival seasons with uh christopher eccleson was the first run and then david Tennant. like those started being available on streaming and so i think i've seen all of the Christopher Eccleston episodes because he wasn't the doctor for a really long time. Right. Um, and uh, he, you know, is a great British actor and been in a lot of different things. And he was he was good, but he didn't quite have um, the quirky, awkward vibe that I feel like a lot of people associate with a doctor, which then David Tennant came on along as the next doctor after him and nailed it. Mm. Um, but there's a really great episode early on when Christopher Eccleston is Doctor Who involving mannequins attacking London. Whoa. And as someone who's always been disturbed by mannequins and I feel like we should cover, do some kind of Uncanny Valley episode down the road so we can cover <laughs> that Twilight Zone oh, episode yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with the mannequins in it. Um, I wish this Doctor Who episode was old enough for us to talk about, but it's it's not going to be by the time we get to that, because I don't think we're going to be podcasting, I don't know, don't say that, that many more years. The next maybe. 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's, that's going to make me feel when, old. That's a, that's, when, when you think about it, though. Current television is going to be a classic eventually. we get to start looking yeah. at 1999 In 20, Basically, 2025 is when we'll be able to talk. Well, yeah, but, well, yeah, but if you think about it, that's only Six 60 years. episodes. Yeah. I know. Six years. There's a I we could do the, the X Files sure. alone for that many. <laughs> That's true. I mean, if we all, I, but you know. Yeah. So it's possibly. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Twenty twenty five. We may talk about it. Yeah. Twenty twenty five. We're gonna come back. But see, here's the thing. I would like to talk about mannequins before twenty twenty five. Right now. Is basically what my point is. But so that's a that was one that I thought everybody talks about the the angels, in the uh, David Tennant, uh, series, those creepy angels, but. The mannequins I thought were pretty upsetting, and then there's also an episode where um, it had a very Douglas Adams restaurant at the end of the universe vibe, <laughs> where a bunch of aliens are gathered, and the last human on Earth is there, and she's just basically a face stretched out on a big Whoa. frame, and they keep moisturizing her because <laughs> she needs constant moisture, and she's bragging about how young she looks, so it's like basically making lots of jokes about the youth and beauty industry, mm -hmm. and um, and they had, uh, Billy Piper was the companion for those episodes, and I believe she's a British pop star, or was? She's um, famous somehow. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was a way to kind of get new younger viewers mm -hmm. excited about Doctor Who again, and it, and it worked. I mean, those... As far as I could tell, those series, the revival of it was very, very successful because obviously 2005 and now it's, you know, 2019 and the series is still going and I've had several more Doctors since then. I've yep. seen a little of the Matt Smith episodes and then sadly I dropped off after that and um, one of these days I'll have to catch back up with it though because it's a really good show and it is <laughs> kind of low budget but it's got lots of creativity in the storytelling that makes up for it. Yeah. After after you get through the ten thousand episodes of Dark Shadows, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, you know. Well, it's so, how's, so, how's that going for you? Oh, well, we're, we're plugging right along. We, uh, by the time this episode airs, we should have our first bonus episode posting as well. Ooh. Um, so people can hear us talk about that. Yeah, we were going to record it last night, but I was too tired. I can I can participate <laughs> as a listener for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can get, give us a little critique. In. That's right. Because, you know, what's more entertaining than hearing a married couple talk about a retro vampire soap opera? <laughs> <laughs> so fun. And some sometime down the road, I'd like to get Drew's mom on as a guest so that we can hear her take on watching Dark Shadows as a kid. Because mm. I think that would be fun to get that perspective. Yeah, she once told me about, I don't remember how it even came up, but she would, like, drive home from school, like, hurry home from school because it was on right after school or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My dad and... I'm, like, speeding down the road to catch some dark shadows. Nice. My dad and my aunts weren't allowed to watch it, but my, my gra or grandmother, yeah. or I always say my dad, Andy's here in the room with some too. Yeah. Um... Yeah, she, whoa, 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 whoa. You she guys are used to related? watch it and <laughs> so so I don't want to like derail into Dark Shadows too much because we're gonna talk about it, I think, when Drew and I do our first bonus episode, but but it's fun to talk about our grandmother on the podcast a little bit with everybody here. But she would she's very devout Mormon. And she, here she was watching this show where hmm. they regularly have seances and mm -hmm. spirit possession. And there was a paranormal investigator early on in it, and we're going to talk about that. And and sure. I just, it's and really interesting. Young David and his crystal ball. And so, it was, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and he's, you know, talking to it and mm -hmm. prognosticating. Oh, my. And, and I just think, I know how she was very against all these things, but she loved the show. And she would, you know, according to, you know, our aunt and dad, that she would, you know, be in the living room with the curtains drawn and the kids weren't allowed to watch. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of a family tradition because when Twin Peaks was on, I wasn't allowed to watch it either, but I had to hear everybody talk about how creepy it was. Oh I'm not my. allowed to see it because it'll give me nightmares. Although, honestly, when it aired and I was 9, 10 years old, I wouldn't have understood what was going right. on. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What is happening here? Well, be honest. How much do you really understand <laughs> yeah. still today? <laughs> I feel like there's a part of Twin Peaks no one will ever understand. Definitely sure about the recent ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I finished that recently, by the way. That's neither here nor there, but I finally got through Twin Peaks The Return. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I still have, I've yet to check that out. I got frustrated myself. and angry at it because it wasn't like... My favorite parts were the musical segments. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he had okay. really good bands on. He did. Yeah, I, yeah the guests. bands were amazing. Um, I don't want to derail too much. I keep saying that. I should just go with the flow. But, yeah, um, totally. And I'd love to talk about the original Twin Peaks at some point. Because oh, it's that coming. totally qualifies, yeah. and I adore that show. And I understand it's unreasonable to expect somebody to just be a one-trick pony and keep creating the same type of work over and over again. But... The, without giving away anything about the newer Twin Peaks um, series, if you haven't seen it, not going to spoil anything, but tonally, it reminded me of David Lynch's film Inland Empire, which I have to say was one of my 
least favorite of his films. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I really so like every Lost episode Highway. feels like three hours long. It could be only be and it's like... very dark and sinister, but so abstract in parts. Like you could draw. I just feel like I'm watching a lot of abstract art as film. That's nightmare scapes from yeah. David Lynch's mind, and that's great. And as an artist, I can totally respect that. But that wasn't what I loved about Twin Peaks necessarily, and I, I'm a big fan of Lost Highway. Um, I really like Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know. You need more Inland pie. Empire. I need more what? It, it needs more pie. Well, it, and that's true. There is not enough pie and coffee. No, there in the there, there, there needs to be like more weird absurdity in my opinion. But again, and and I also felt like it was missing. And this is just me, and you know maybe I missed something, but I just it didn't have quite the same humor that I loved about the, the charm series. Yeah. Because, and we'll probably talk about this in our Dark Shadows discussions, but Dark Shadows definitely is an influence on early Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and there there are just some real queer comparisons, and I really felt like even while David Lynch is trying to tell a dark story, he's very much kind of ripping on old soap operas and the over the top dramatics like you can hear it in the musical score oh yeah um it's definitely parody and there's some moments that are so twisted and so dark that they're actually hilarious and i love that when like the creepy pushes over that fine line into funny Mm -hmm. um maybe not all the time but I, I definitely am a fan of it. Maybe I'm twisted. I don't know. But anyway, back to Doctor Who. In, that's in, way in, too much Twin Peaks. In, in any case, when you look at, I was going to say, when you look at the creatures in this episode, The Open nice. Space, uh-huh. uh, uh, I don't know if anybody, I mean, obviously we all noticed this, but if you watch this at home, uh, try and guess the packaging material that they made the creatures out of there's, a, the there's actually quite a bit of packaging material in quite, this episode. Quite a just... bit, and if you guess bubble wrap, turned into a monster. And that's and that's exactly what it sounds like too. He like slams his, his it, one of the uh, one of the crew members uh, gets. Uh, he gets he, he gets mildly slapped. He gets a little bit of some Ghostbuster slime gets, or like uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, well, a little Ninja, bit goo on him. Well, if you ever played with the Ninja Turtles figures and you got the little jars of Ninja Turtles ooze, he gets yeah. a little bit of that Ninja, Ninja Turtles ooze yeah. on his hand, and then it starts to mutate, and so his hand becomes covered in green bubble wrap, mm-hmm. and uh, and at some point he's kind of like slamming it against the control panels right. of the, the ship and it makes this little pop pop crackle crackle noise <laughs> it's, it's very entertaining but yeah and the, uh there that's um it's great budget uh you know they used what they could they were operating on a low budget yeah, so sure, sure, you course. cover them up and and uh yeah, put some green face paint on him green stick him inside yeah, a totally, green bubble yeah. wrap and he's good to go was put, yeah and it's actually pretty effective in some shots you know until like you really look in it, and then it's but it's well even it's super then fun. it's kind of still 
effective. Yeah. To the point. Yeah. Well, there's th some of the close-ups of his hand in some parts are less bubble wrappy and more right. just kind of well, like melted plastic, and it's effective. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. When they show it on the other side of the glass, when he goes down into the the power core or whatever, mm -hmm. that thing is creepy. Oh yeah, that's creepy. when he's like, yeah. yeah, when he's like looking through the window and there's a thing well, outside. Like an eye and yeah, and like, it's, it's because yeah. The, the the details are obscured and it yeah. looks like it's like in water or something where it's sloshing so around a little bit. Let's backtrack just a little bit here. So <laughs> we start off the episode. Sure. Um, TARDIS is jumped inside the Ark. It's... Yeah, no context whatsoever. You just boom, right inside. Yeah, literally just TARDIS in a spaceship and then they walk out. So they walk out of the spaceship into a spaceship and then, uh, of course, someone has to start touching buttons. Or a button. <laughs> well, so, yeah, he's got... Um, his companions with him right now um, are a woman named Sarah and a man named Harry. And because we didn't watch any of the previous episodes and it's been forever, I couldn't tell you their backstory. Uh, ha Harry is a lieutenant in the Navy and well, a doctor, I think. But we're not really sure how they came to be with Doctor Who cavorting about in time and space. I feel like Harry was like a handler because he makes some comment yeah. about being told to keep an eye on the Doctor. Okay. Yeah, so he's like... I, I read a, By the military. I, I yeah. read kind of a brief overview of the previous serial of this, and it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like they were kind of assigned to him, so... Okay, well, so, so they get there and, like, one of the... They, they're... Like kind of doing the where are we? What's happening this time? Right. Looking around and then suddenly, you know, it's like, wait, did you touch anything? Did you touch any switches, Harry? Which switch did you <laughs> touch, Harry? <laughs> and that's just, I don't know. Well, they they, they immediately they like they get in here and they're like, oh, there's no oxygen in here. Oh, we got to find some oxygen or we're gonna die. Yeah, like immediately. <laughs> Which that the whole premise on we need to find oxygen, we need to fix all this. Like, well, can't you? Again, I'm not a Whovian. <laughs> this is my, <laughs> these four episodes are a majority of all Doctor Who I've seen. Yeah, same. But couldn't you just pop back into the TARDIS and You'd get think. some oxygen? You'd I think. I don't know. Well, but then there was, like, a mechanical device in the ceiling that was shooting at them if they tried to move back towards the TARDIS. True. They, they were right. trying... Okay. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, that's I think right. And Sarah Jane was Harry's shoes got shot with right. lasers. Sarah Jane runs yeah. off into the next room, Harry's... and then I think I think Harry hit hits the switch. They're separated, and then that that sort of security system comes right. out. And it comes down and shoots lightning bolts at him. So Harry and... Harry's shoeless for the whole episode. Yeah, he, is. he is. Yeah, and Harry and the Doctor have to hide underneath the IKEA furniture to um, to mm -hmm. avoid getting shot. The whole thing is like. <laughs> You know when you go to Ikea, it's the thing I love about Ikea furniture is that some of it looks like stuff you'd see in a Doctor Who episode. Hmm. It has this weird 70s, like, space age, like, we're going to be living on the, on Mars by 1974, you know, like, right. or 1994. That should you be know? a showroom at Ikea, 70s. Space lounge. Oh, they have all yeah. the things. Yeah, that I had a idea. table lamp. I had a table happen. lamp about ten years ago that looked like something straight out of Barbarella, and I love yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have those lamps that explode like the Death Star. Yeah, those are great. Have, I remember the table lamp you're talking about too. It's got the copper lining inside. Oh, I, I have that, that one. one. Yeah, okay. I still have that one, but I had one that was like a red plastic. It looked kind of like oh, nice. the space oh, the needle. Dummy. 
It, it was like it was like white, and then it had a red band around yeah, the light yeah, came yeah. through, and then a, and then a white base. It looked kind of like the Space Needle or like a building in the Jetsons or something. Mm -hmm. So IKEA, that's what I love about IKEA is that it, periodically they have that like, and then every once in a while they'll have a movie that takes place in the future, and so you'll see stuff in the background and be like, oh, it's IKEA. They just went to IKEA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the future is. Uh... Uh, Swedish and Danish modern in style. Totally, yeah. Basically what yeah. it is. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so anyways, they're, they're uh, on this ship. They get separated because Sarah sits on the wrong spot. Yeah, she wanders Harry, into a Harry presses the wrong button. Yeah. She sits on the wrong bed. Can't take them anywhere. she gets teleported into a space pod. That they find later when they're searching for her, they find the space pods mm -hmm. of uh, of people in cryofreeze. Even though you could just open the lid on yeah, it. That's apparently. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> yes. just just open and shut yeah, these it, things. It, it, it reminds me of a yeah. No, in, in in every other medium where I've ever seen somebody in cryostasis, you have to leave the chamber sealed. Right. Yeah, that's how it keeps them cold. Well, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like a like a soup or candy mold that it was did. human shaped. And it kind of also reminded me of um, um, uh, what, what's the Sean Connery movie? Why am I blanking now? Um, I love that movie. Zardoz. Zardoz. No. It's, it's Zardoz when he when he's in the the head, the giant head, and they've got all the people uh, that are along the wall, Zardoz, yeah. really, and they're really in the plastic wrap. Mm. Oh, you guys haven't seen Zardoz? Oh, it's so good well, and dumb. You've almost watched I it a couple times. Is is that the the pods, the freezing pods, were all like uniform, mm -hmm. and they all were like basically made for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. they're like made for tall, broad shoulders, and a... each one of them had like six pack oh, yeah. abs. Yeah, because yeah. then there's a kid. There's a kid in one of them. Right, and right. Gets a, <laughs> it's a full size adult size one, right. but like the kid's head only goes up to the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I was like, well, if you're gonna make them all one size fits all, why do they have human shapes on the front of their? Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, just like a, an like old a rounded pod. Yeah, pod, you yeah. Know? they're making '90s Batman suits. It, for yeah. That's what it reminded me. Yeah, of. Got got holes on them and everything. Was, uh, what's his name? Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Joel it Schumacher been, Batman. It must have been a holdover from like a previous episode. Like we've got all these like clear plastic human forms. So right. <laughs> we're just Something. gonna reuse. Or there's it. like a life-size muscle man soap company somewhere in the UK and they're like hey, oh you know that'd be or it could have been <laughs> or chocolate date it could have been you know they have those those punching bag things that are like shaped like a buff dude oh you know, yeah so they could have just had one of those and like been like doing vacuum forms on yeah. top of it you know I didn't even think about well, that that's, that's, uh, that could be right it's it's for accurate targeting so you know right. it's like to like throw yeah. punches oh. at yeah Okay. Uh, martial artists use them. It's, yeah, it's, they, uh, they know where the kidneys yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they go and they, they find all these space pods and then, oh, lo and behold, Sarah's in one magically through teleportation. Um, and they're like, okay, well, let's figure out how to get her out of it. Go find something. And, of course, they just, like, start rummaging through closets. Yeah, and then... And, then and some... the second closet they come to... <laughs> Has a giant dead space mosquito. In yeah. It. End of episode one. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You oh, really do know how to do cliff. Oh yeah, cliff. Well, that's yeah, that's that's dark shadows. Sorry. 
that's, that's another Dark Shadows thing. Cliffhangers gold. Sorry, you were saying it. Yeah, I was gonna say no. The 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 cliffhanger is just great because again, it's just like a. He opens the thing. The bug falls out on him. Hard cut to credits. Yeah. Boom! It's over. What's happening? Yeah. Find out next week. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I, I can imagine if you were watching this actually when it was airing. That, <coughs> oh, that it would kill you. Yeah. Horrible. You'd yeah. have to wait, you know, and find out what that was. Every yeah. time one of those things ended, I just thought, like, man, you would be so mad at the TV right then. Yeah. Just like, no. Yeah, that's how I felt as a kid when when Batman would be on. I'd always be really frustrated. Oh yeah, same yeah. Bat time, same yeah. Bat channel. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and then, so I, the next part I was a little confused on, did, did the, the medical technician, I can't remember her name. Um, oh, um, I have it in front of me here. It's, it's something with a V. Uh, uh, Vira? Vira. Yeah. Yeah, so. Like Elvira, but mm-hmm. not. Yeah, Vira. So did she just wake up by coincidence that they happened to be there, or was there a reason um, that she forget. happened to come out of cryostasis? Oh, you know, I think at a certain point then they found they found that orange lucite box of medical oh, right. things, the and I, I think there's the a Ikea stirring side from, cabinet. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a stirring from one of the chambers that they open up her. Yeah. So she. Chamber. So so this this Vira, this medical technician, is one of the people in the pods, and she just happens to wake up while this or is possibly partially awakened. Partially awakened while this is happening. Um, she like mimics for the the things they have nearby. Yeah. There's also happenstance. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's really lucky for them that they just happened to pop the TARDIS in when they did. Otherwise, they would have all just been yeah, there's a lot of space co- mosquito chow. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of fortuitous coincidence in this episode, mm-hmm. but uh, that's fine. It's science fiction. These things happen. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, but she wakes up and is like, whoa, what are you people doing here? We did... Things aren't right. What's going on here? This is our leader Noah, like Noah in the Ark. Get it? Uh-huh. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of stuff on here. Humanity, solar flares. And uh, Noah's kind of a jerk. Noah's yeah. kind of a huge jerk. What do they keep calling them? Um basically they're like ru- rudiment no. Regressives. Regressives. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, they keep calling them regressives. <laughs> Flipping racist people. Yeah, it and, kind of reminds me of there's an episode of The Simpsons. Um, I'm trying to think if it was a Treehouse of Horror or not. It's where they, like, the world's gonna, I think it's Treehouse of Horror, world's gonna end, and they're like, we're taking all these people, and we're gonna put them on this spaceship, you know, and, like, this is gonna be all the best people and the brightest, and then we're gonna repopulate, and they're like, you know, Lisa gets chosen, Lisa gets to go, and then she, like, says that she's gonna bring her mom, because she gets one choice, and it didn't take her more than a millisecond to say mom. <laughs> and so then, like, Bart and Homer are left behind, and they're like, wait, there's another spaceship, and nobody's guarding it, and they go and they get on this spaceship, and <laughs> it takes off, and like, wait, how come our spaceship's going a different direction? And they look around, and they're like, wait a minute, Polly Shore... <laughs> and, <laughs> and Tom Arnold. And Tom Arnold. Oh, no. And they're like, wait, what's with this spaceship? And Tom Arnold's like, yeah, this one's going to the sun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun because it's sort of like a combination of storylines from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. But yeah, so like, I kind of feel like the, the the rudiments or the, what do they call them? Regressives. Regressives. Well, the regressives are the... The Tom Arnold to the sun. 
ship. You can tell they're regressives from the way they speak. <laughs> they, they got on the wrong ship. They were supposed to go to the sun. Yep. That's that's a fun part of the whole episode where Harry's got his own little like colloquialisms where he's like, "Oh, this is gonna." Would you say like this is gonna bring her around? She's like, I don't know what that means. Right, and, and, right, right. And, and so there's a real bang up going on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she calls it like his colonial speak or something. Something or like colonist that. Colonist speak, I think. Um, like they don't deal in like euphemisms and that right. sort of thing. So they didn't even understand when he said it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it must oh, have been a right. joke. So in the future, people stop having fun of any kind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she. <laughs> Uh, at one point, I think it's Noah and um, Vira are also talking about how they've screened everyone in the Ark's genetics, so there's only like a, what, yeah, like everyone's genetics oh, are, are though there are perfect genetic match so that we can repopulate the Earth, and I'm like, ooh, that's yeah, not great, guys. Sounds very Aryan. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert: How many? people of color do you think are in this episode <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah although he does say he does say he look he looks around at everybody and, and, and says oh all creeds and colors but you'll just notice that when they show everybody well the they just happen to be you know reanimating people on the higher up chains right section. right well they definitely and don't of course value the british blue bloods well, are the ones yeah. that are gonna be well they don't they don't value everybody equally because when sarah is suffering from her oxygen deprivation and then in the hyper sleep or whatever and they want to revive her um uh vira asks well is she important? Yeah. Like, oh, what yeah. does she do? What's her value? Because apparently being human isn't enough. Nope. Yeah, yeah, so these, these, yeah these people seem kind of like dicks. You know, space dicks. Yeah. Dicks <laughs> in space! <laughs> That's a porno. Yeah. You know, have you ever seen the uh, have you ever seen the Mr. Show episode where it's I can't remember the name of the character, but it's like space racist. <laughs> and it's a um, no. uh, David Cross. It's David Cross, and he's in a bar in space. So there's all these other like aliens around him, but he's like this white guy, and he says something like, "Oh yeah, because he's uh." He's uh he's just well, like one of those greedy neo tubians and he looks across the bar at like another alien. He goes, "Not you, Zentor. You're one of the good ones." Oh, God. <laughs> it's like one of the best <laughs> Mr. Show episodes ever. Oh. Good. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people start waking up in these pods, um, but Noah's a jerk and doesn't trust the doctor, and the doctor's figured out there's a weird space mosquito infestation going on. He's going to try and clean well, it out. There's, there's space mosquito eggs in the, like... In the power room. The power tube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and doctor doctor tells him all about it and not to do any... Not to go in there or do anything stupid. And the guy immediately does something <laughs> stupid. Shoots the doctor. He shoots the, the doctor. <laughs> and, then, and then goes in alone and gets slapped by an alien bug. Yeah, and yeah. that's when he gets the space snot on that we talked about. Yeah, and then earlier. he starts changing into one. So they start waking up other crew members, and one of the crew members, when he first wakes up, he recoils in horror at Noah, because he he has a vision of him as a 
hideous monster or something. Yeah, it's like he sees what he's turning into, even though at this point, just his hand is transformed. Kind right. of like the early stages of the fly. Yeah, yeah. hiding it in a pocket. One hand in his pocket. But this guy kind of knows for some reason. Yeah, which is weird. Because, like, he can see it like it's happening in the future, but then he starts to physically change and you start to see it anyway. Yeah. So I don't know what the, what's going on with this guy. Maybe the they... bubble wrap starts to grow up his neck and yeah. head. And, ah. and I joke about bubble wrap, but it's actually like, it was very artistically well, well done for what they were doing. It's a using. creative yeah, yeah. use of it is, the material. It is good. bubble wrap, but you gotta think bubble wrap is, um, oh god, it's called blister something packaging. Blister yeah, wrap? blister packaging. Yeah, and so like, it's literally blisters, and if you think of that as like an alien infestation oh. by, like it's blisters on the skin oh, and yeah. kind of you know like of that. it looks like blistered skin yeah well, and you can melt parts of it so it has different textures and different right. sections which well, it looks like pop they did yeah. but it also yeah but it looks like they kind of heated it in places yeah it's got like melty yeah. yeah or like a scaly kind of look yeah they to did it. a good job well and, yeah. and also you know then they added color and touch to it so it really kind of looks like I thought he looked a little bit like he's turning into Swamp Thing a little it, bit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like this weird, or like um, in the movie Creep Show when uh, Stephen oh, King yeah, yeah, yeah. has his little short where he plays, you know, kind of a dumb, dumb farm farm bumpkin, and he encounters an alien substance and gets greener and greener. Turns it's into very much space like that. Plants. Yeah, no. yeah. The space plants from space. Yeah. <laughs> so Doesn't anyway. he lick it at one point and then and then it's surprised? Oh, oh like it's like his he tongue. burned like it in, hits his hand and he like yeah. flicks it off and like sticks his oh, finger yeah, yeah. in his mouth. And then later he's like, oh, it's on his tongue. Because he's smart. Yeah. <laughs> smart. So yeah, um, Noah, fearless leader, is turning into a space worm first. He's going through a metamorphosis, would you say? <laughs> so, yeah. Have we already... I'm trying to remember. Have we brought up all our Kafka jokes we've been making? No, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember one great deal. They're kind of like, like space... The space beetle, when it, the dead space beetle right. thing falls out of the closet. Yeah, yeah. The, the first Kafka joke we made was when the space mosquito beetle thing fell out of the closet, and then... It just kept going. I read there. I read an interesting part in the Wikipedia article about this uh, this episode about um, not necessar necessarily the Kafka aspect, but the alien aspect. That so much of it is 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 drawn so closely. The, the whole feel is like there's a sh there's an alien on the ship. We've got to stop it, and it's infecting us, and and it has a very much an alien feel to it. But this is 1975, right. and alien didn't. It's, it's so pre alien. It's pretty alien. Alien wasn't it's, that far off, though. But yeah. not too far yeah. off. And they said, you know, uh, nobody ever... And, and subsequent uh, people involved in making this episode are like, yeah, they never, uh, they never acknowledged us for the work that we did for that. There was another science fiction television show um, from the 70s that had a similar premise where it was actually full-on a ship answers a distress call and goes oh. to an infected ship. Like, it was actually almost beat for beat the story of alien and, and we watched it at the hollywood theater for they have a series where they do uh it's called rerun theater and they yeah. do older television programs and usually with a theme um incidentally you can watch the star wars christmas special there every year in December, <laughs> which we did 
the last two years in a row. Cause, Fantastic. Because that's how we roll. Is but, that like a double drink for Star Wars and, and the Hollywood Theater? theater? Yeah. Well, well, Chris Chris opened up with a Star Wars yeah, reference like, yeah, really yeah. early on if anybody's keeping track. But, I'm just looking out for you guys. <laughs> yep. Chris is just trying to get you guys started for this episode. There you go. Anyway, so I cannot for the life of me remember what that series was called because it was like I think it was a pilot for a series that either didn't get a very long run or didn't get picked up but it was from this era it was yeah I want to say it was something like that it might have been even late 60s but it was it was either late 60s or early 70s well I think uh, Planet of the Vampires I think that Mario Bava film has a similar kind of very very much so so yeah I think that was just kind of the theme of like we go out into space and we don't necessarily know what else is out in space, and it could totally transform us in ways we never imagined. Yeah. You know, like a plague, basically. Or, you know, the aliens are out there, and they want to take over us and our bodies and our personalities. Because or they kept saying, when they finally communicate with the alien insect beings, and they're saying, well, we want the human bodies in the cryo chambers because when we absorb them we also absorb their knowledge where they become one of us sort of like the borg they join the hive mind yeah, so they yeah. become insect like and then they learn all this human knowledge and that was sort of their their motivation for going to this particular space station and basically they're not really killing everybody, but they're definitely absorbing them, yeah, yeah well I think it's it's, it's a similar like treating treating them as cattle. Mm-hmm. You right. Well, they talked about space. how on their original, like, quest, because they have, like, so the space mosquitoes can survive in the vacuum of space without oxygen. They, like, go Yeah, they can be they can be years in place. space. Yeah. yeah. And then they were saying how, like, their original home planet type thing would be they would use these organic life forms as basically like cattle and they would you know use them to breed and then they got wiped out i think by humans i feel like it was by humans that bleed earth and then populated their planet Mm -hmm. is what i got although there was so many things thrown about in this episode yeah Yeah. i got a little little confused as to why there was the previous history between the two races right and the people that had been in cryo sleep, did they were they aware of this alien race prior? No, because I felt like it was a new concept to them that these right. like well, they were asleep existed. the whole time this happened. Yeah, so I kind of feel like what it sounded like because there was also during mention, the ten thousand years they overslept. Right, this there was yeah. also the mention from the other crew member, one of the lower crew member guys that they brought out one of the red shirts to, <laughs> to do a random task just to get killed. Um, like he was saying, like, I knew we shouldn't have done this cryo sleep. Like right after they tell him like, Oh yeah, by the way, we've been asleep for a few oh, yeah. thousand years longer <laughs> than we thought we'd be. And he's like, this was the stupid idea. I don't know why I did this. I should have stayed in the subterranean, you know, yeah. the, the, the bunkers. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, and so it's like you kind of get the idea that like the solar flares were coming, everyone was afraid, and everyone like had different ideas mm-hmm. of how to survive the solar flares, and so some people went and they disrupted um, 
planet of the space mosquitoes and then <laughs> some people went in the space arc and some people went in the space underground and space came... underground it's just the regular underground what's yeah. what's what's the name yeah, i guess that's true <laughs> what's what's the name of the blue guys in um in time machine the morlocks mm. yeah yeah morlocks. so like they went they went the morlock route yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally so yeah i feel like there's like multiple different you know Everyone thinks they're the last ones, but I feel like they all probably they all, survived. They all made it. So they're just they're just a bunch of Earthlings in different places now. Yeah, because we know we know from having seen the first couple minutes of the next episode that there are definitely people on Earth who, who survived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't look like Morlocks. They don't. So yeah, the space mosquitoes are trying to bargain with them. Yeah, the space mosquitoes want to give. Uh, everyone who's awake right now, including the doctor and his pals, safe passage right. out of there. Um, but they want to keep all the people in cryo sleep so they can feed on their delicious bodies and brains. Yeah. Well, and the <laughs> Noah guy. Yeah. He's such a bossy dick. Yeah. That even when he turns into a space mosquito, he somehow is now the leader of the space, of the space mosquitoes. mosquitoes. Yeah. He's that pompous oh yeah he's just like oh yeah uh by the way space mosquitoes i know exactly what you're trying to do here and uh i'm just gonna have to wrap this up for you this is yeah. how it's gonna go now <laughs> trust me i used to be one of these humans i know how to deal with them we're gonna give them this option they're gonna take it everything's gonna be okay what is it what does he say he says i am the chosen i'm the chosen leaders right <laughs> cut, yeah. cut to all the rest of them kind of exchanging glances <laughs> ultimatum say hey you know you guys can leave it's cool we, we got no beef with you just leave us all the cryo frozen people so we can have some tasty space snacks over the next millennium yeah um and then that's when the doctor comes up with the idea of electric fences yeah, I'm a little foggy on the whole conclusion yeah, to everything here. Me like, too, yeah. At some point, the party splits up, and right. they do some electric fencing, and poor, right. poor Sarah has just the roughest time, because she's oxygen-deprived, knocked out, uh, cryo-frozen, drugged, made to like climb through a tiny vent, attacked right. by space bugs. She's just having a terrible day. So yeah, they came up with this great plan that there's uh, enough energy in the <coughs> the spaceship they're going to use to get off the ARC satellite and go back to Earth. There's enough power in that to, if they have a cable that they would somehow get from that ship to the main controls, they can electrify something right. and then get all the space mosquitoes away. But, oh, how can we get past them? Well, we'll just use vents. Nobody's big enough for the vents except for Sarah. Because no. being tiny does not she help you out. She is the tiniest of yep. them. Yep. And so she has to but she's not, like, that much smaller than everyone. No. It no. just happened to be that the shaft was exactly the size of Sarah. Yep. Oh, great space planning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then... Great fearless space mosquito leader slash used to be Noah human. Um, 
leads all the space mosquitoes into the escape pod. I wasn't quite sure how that happened. Yeah, onto the escape ship. and No, he just has confidence. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, I seem you know, to remember, it's all about confidence. I, I, I seem to remember, too, uh, I think on the DVD, there's a deleted, like, they tried to do some effect shot where it looked like all the space mosquitoes were, like, crawling over the ship. Or something, uh, like, there were a yeah. bunch of them. And so it's all these, like, miniature, like, monsters with, like, fishing line dragging them across and just look like crap, so they cut it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so the the reason that they go for that is the, they set up the electrical configuration in mm-hmm. the cryo chamber. Right. So that the bugs can't get at the bodies in the cryo chamber, and so the bugs give up trying to attack there because they know it's, like, electrified now. Right. So they try and attack the spaceship, I think is mm-hmm. the logic there. Um, so they get into the spaceship. And then all the humans abandon the spaceship and send it into space. Well, one red shirt has to stay behind and launch the spaceship on right, top and he of Right, and he just decks the doctor right in the face. Right. <laughs> they, they launch spaceship, spaceship blows up. Yeah, it, he, it, he says something, I think it oh, blows it's, it's, up like mid-sentence. Yeah, because I, the, I one of the fins wasn't adjusted and it spiraled or something. Oh, I think head space mosquito, X head, you know, human, human yeah. blows it up. Oh, you're right. Because there's he's... still some good in him. Yeah, there's still some human left in him. The part oh, that's, the that's arrogant enough yeah. to, to lead the space mosquito race into their ultimate death. Because I'm pretty sure... At that point, because we know the space mosquitoes were driven off their land by humans, yeah. Yeah. that some humans have already survived elsewhere. So the human race still exists, and this is what's left of the space mosquitoes, but we need to make sure to kill them off yeah, completely. We need to, make we sure need to wipe dead. out this, you know, intelligent life form <laughs> off not just like a planet, but out of existence in the universe. Mm-hmm. And damn space mosquitoes! Only good bugs a dead bug. Mm-hmm. They, they've <laughs> probably got space malaria anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there there are a lot of genocidal kind of problems in this well, episode. And, <laughs> Prime directive: be damned. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's like a time lord, so like he's not human. And oh, and he already says, like, oh, humans well, yeah. are my favorite. But, like, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he makes a mention of how, like, you know, like, he's quite partial to those, you know, earthling humans. And it's like, basically, it'd be like if somebody came along and there was, like, um, you know, some two different types of insects, you know, like, floating along... And someone's like, oh, that insect's harming these insects I think are adorable. I'm just going to take this raid and spray yeah, all the and other spray insects. spray all the other yeah. bugs. So the insects I think are cute and adorable can live. <laughs> I mean, he is definitely playing favorites. He does also say to this other species, though, why do you need to be here? There's all these other places you could go. Yeah, I guess colonize. he gave him a chance. No, he, he does. He does ask him. He's like, there's enough room for everybody. You don't universe. have to take the lives and the bodies of these beings, but they say they want them because they want the human knowledge. So apparently right. humans are also their favorite. Which, uh, well, which and, you know, spoiler alert, they're going to get human knowledge, and then they're going to be like, oh, 
And they're gonna absorb like Paul Blart Mall Cop and. Their civilization is doomed. They're, they're they're gonna absorb all of the Adam Sandler movies. Exactly. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> Jokes on you guys. Oh. Uh, yeah. Shampoo we, in- <laughs> we invented we invented the wheel. We invented fire, and then we invented fart jokes. Oh. <laughs> no, no, uh, the fart jokes. <laughs> fart jokes were the first thing to be invented. Uh, yeah, and I, I think at some point the bugs also explicitly say they want human knowledge so that they can take revenge on humanity. And oh, like, oh right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and c- come back That's and, right. you know, commit a little counter-genocide. I don't know. They want the power of man's red flower. That's right, mm-hmm. so they can be like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah. so that's the end of that. They <laughs> blow up so. the space mosquitoes and then they they teleport off. So apparently then this was, I think it was originally conceived as a six episode arc, but then they decided to make this a four episode arc. Then there's a subsequent two episode, the Sarconan experiment or something that we watched about Mr. 10 Sarnon, minutes. So. I, guess. Yeah. I think so. And they come back down on earth. And they and just, they just beam straight down to earth, Star Trek style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, stand on the transporter, get beamed down. And it, this... I don't know a whole lot about Doctor Who, but he just leaves his TARDIS on the Yeah, spaceship. yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that is really <laughs> trusting that they're going to be able to beam you back up to the TARDIS. Yeah. He could have honestly used the TARDIS to go to Earth because they said they wanted to repair the technology on Earth that's like on the receiving end of the beaming technology. Right, because they right. lost... That teleports you. They blew up their But he could have taken craft. the TARDIS and parked it next to that technology. Totally. He didn't have to use the faulty technology. Because even, um, was it Harry was having trouble materializing on yeah. the other ends for a minute. And then Sarah ends up, you know, with her head down, her feet in the air, screaming. <laughs> that's how she arrives on Earth. You know, I feel like that's how I arrived, too, my first day. Fair. But, yeah, so... <laughs> It's just, you know, it's that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess, you know, if he doesn't have his TARDIS, then there's more challenge and more drama because I think there's the, a lot more at stake, I guess. I think probably by the time they got to that point in writing the episode, like, the brandy had finally kicked in. And, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about the brandy. The brandy. Delicious brandy. Is like the this the kind magic of, like, of brandy. The magic <laughs> of brandy. Like, Sarah's lost oxygen. Get her some brandy. She's she been teleported into a like, cryo like, tube. Like, Give her some brandy. There's several, like, ongoing kind of, like, brandy is the universal cure-all. And, uh, oh, I can hardly make things worse. That's, not the, only show. that's <laughs> right? not the only show where, where they're into That's just the way they brandy. used to do it back in the day. Because back in the day, brandy was the cure-all. There's a spoiler for Dark Shadows, there's a lot of brandy drinking in Dark Shadows. Anytime <laughs> anyone has a bad day, gets caught in the cold, gets scared by something, um, wakes up from a bad dream, or can't sleep, or... <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, though, I gotta tell you, though, there are worse, uh, there are worse home tons. remedies. Uh, there are far worse home remedies that you could try. Brandy. I had oh, a sure. I, I got had some a, brandy right over here. I had a brandy. Pear brandy once that was fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so oh, no. uh, <laughs> I think Drew's going for the I brandy. Think we're gonna cure ourselves. What's the uh, brandy? Yeah, it's like uh, brandy. it's uh. I know Sarah in this episode was not a fan of brandy and not mm-hmm. happy to be given it as a remedy, which makes me wonder: is some brandy gross? On a side note, Maybe. you know that's why it's possible. That's why gin and tonic is such a popular. Uh, Gin and tonic is a great drink, is because 
due to England's kind of uh, England's colonialism and going to India. Mm -hmm. They're like, we've got to combat malaria and everything. Oh, well, tonic water is really good for that. The quinine the, or whatever. Yeah, the quinine yeah, and, and uh, tonic water was so good. And they said, oh, but it's, it's so dreadful to drink. So we've got to mix it with something. So they put gin in with their gin and tonics. And mm -hmm. hence we have a delicious drink. <laughs> I agree. Tonic water is gnar. It's a little weird. I really yeah. like tonic water, actually. I That's love that some taste. In the fridge. Yeah, well, actually, I <laughs> I did some reading. Quinine is not super good for you. You shouldn't drink really? a whole lot of it. Right. No, it's yeah. it's better for you than malaria, <laughs> but it's not great for you. It's better for you than malaria. Yes. Um, you have two bottles of brandy. And well, I'm. This one's I should say I'm not a doctor. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. giving medical advice, but quinine is just in general not good for you in massive quantities. It's sort of like when they tell you, like, you know, eat carrots. They're good for you, oh, and then like, no, don't eat that many carrots. Don't eat that many carrots. <laughs> is it a? Meal? I had a friend that went on a. It's a chemical of some kind. Okay. I, I, I had a friend that uh, went root. on a. You get it from a root. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, he went on a largely, like, mostly carrot diet, and literally, fingers turned orange. Oh, yeah, 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 people turn orange. And I always thought that was a joke, and until I saw it, and I was like, no, you can't do that anymore. It keeps, it, well, car carrots keep our box turtles orange. They've got orange spots and orange really? eyes. Yeah, our two yeah. little box turtles we have. Huh. And uh, Herbie was orange when I got him, but he was well-fed, and Miles was uh, malnourished and a rescue turtle and he was kind of yellow in his spots like he was brown with like little yellow yeah. spots on his arms and stuff like in all the spots a North American box turtle has the kind of species he is is a spotted turtle and sure um I got him on a regular diet of you know things like yams and carrots and things for all that beta carotene and he has been orange ever since <laughs> yeah he just colored in his eyes were kind of orange, but his spots all, like, went to vibrant orange, and him and Herbie match now. Huh. Yeah, there was, like, I forget which, I think probably World War Two or something, but they were feeding... Yeah, Brandy's not bad. They <laughs> were feeding um, British pilots, like, a heavy carrot diet to keep their eyesight really well. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. And they'd start turning orange. Oh, I was going to say, they back, said that you could tell there. who was a pilot... Because, um, because they would have an orange tint to them. <laughs> well, they also do, it's not just carrots, there's other things too, like, um, Ooh, yeah. flamingos in captivity are often a more vibrant pink, because they're getting a regular diet oh, of shellfish right. and things that have naturally occurring pink in them, and so, um, sometimes you'll see wild flamingos that oh. are a little bit paler, or sometimes mm. white. So this Corbell... For those at home, Corvell yeah. Gold Reserve Brandy, and a, forty percent alcohol by volume. And another. Are we all feeling better now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I am feeling a little better right now. I really am. Another fun fact about um, tonic water is that it reacts in ultraviolet light. So if you oh. yeah if you shine a black oh, yeah. light on it or if you leave it in direct sunlight it will glow blue. We, oh. we should grab we have a black light in here. This we episode should, we brought should to grab you. a bottle yeah, later so of tonic water. Fun fact about yeah. tonic water. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Trying that out. This episode brought to you by Corbell VSOP Gold Reserve Brandy. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That is good. That's good. They should pay you for that endorsement. <laughs> that's that, right? that an excellent. At least send us a bottle because this one's almost gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I need it to be able to make um, 
What do you need it for? Fog cutters. Oh. Yeah. Although I have Pisco now, which makes a good fog cutter too. But that's a, that'd be a Smuggler Co. fog cutter. This would be a original fog cutter. All our retro so. horror and sci-fi television listeners totally care about that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> For all our our, our retro horror and sci-fi listeners that now are also tiki bar fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe once now in a while. Now time for Drew's tiki corner. Maybe once in a while we should. We're literally recording this in a tiki bar. When when no when you when we do Twin Peaks, you can tell everybody how to make a Doctor Jacoby. Oh, oh that's yeah. Right. yeah. Mm. My my Doctor Jacoby. It's a very what, tasty drink. What are you putting in Doctor Jacoby? Oh, not not yet. It's not very similar oh, okay. to a white Spoilers. Russian. I'll tell you yeah. that. Oh. As 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 a teaser. Mm -hmm. Very okay. interesting. It's like that. a tiki white and Russian. And it's best drunk with little round glasses that are each lens is a different color. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it makes the experience better. Mm -hmm. Talking to your coconut. So, so is Doctor Who, since I, I think we're probably finished. We're, oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah the episode's episode. wrapped up. This is yeah. the um, script. Yeah. It, <laughs> is it based on anything? Or is it like, like did anybody write a Doctor Who novel in 1940 and that was the basis well, for the show or something? Uh, it's based on reality. It's, oh. it's based on a true story. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Of Professor um, Who? Of <laughs> Doctor Who, the Time Lord. Uh huh. <laughs> Lord of all time. It was it was started by one of his uh, his his ex um, his companions. Oh, one of his companions. Mm -hmm. they, it's they a tell-all book. They decided they need to to tell everyone the about truth, Doctor. The Who truth is out Doctor there. Who. So it was, it was one of his companions that wasn't a fan of being his companion. Yeah, uh -huh. there you go. It's a, it's a tell-all book. Uh, like he uh, tried to kill me a hundred thousand times. So so Let fun. Me tell you about it. A fun fact for people at home. Uh, I guess. Uh, one of the big distinctive parts of Tom Baker's costume is that really long scarf. I mean, this thing is like wrapped around his neck probably twice. In fact, the subsequent episode I read, uh, he broke his collarbone during that when they're on Earth. He broke his collarbone, but because of the scarf and it's... He could wrap it around the neck brace so you never... Oh, no one could, would notice? You can't wow. tell during the episode, but... Uh, uh, so he has this, it's probably wrapped around his, his neck like two or three times, and it still is like dangling down by his ankles. And I guess when they were kind of doing costume designing, they said, oh, he's got to have a, he's got to have a scarf. And one of the cost, one of the people in the costume shop said, what color do you want the scarf? They said, I don't know, any color. I, any color, multicolors, I don't care. And over the weekend, she went home and she knitted this, like... <laughs> excessively long ridiculous scarf yeah, it's, it's like that, 12 feet long it's like 12 feet long and it's multiple colors and um and i guess that was kind of it. like well it i'll show you on the ground it drags on the ground it's like the, it's but it's so distinctive and it's like just well, became iconic of, for i've seen a lot of cosplayers like do the big long scarf mm -hmm. and like until i actually watch this episode like all those ones they're always like perfectly done so they don't drag. Yeah. And there's multiple times yes, so I'm watching it and it's just dragging on the ground behind yeah. him like no one ever has like I guess you don't want to get your scarf your fancy scarf dirty. No, sure, it could be like some, you but... should really if you're really gonna cosplay it right, you should have your scarf just dragging on the ground behind it's a, you. It's a great uh this is a good way of getting your neck broke if someone they, goes but they and always steps had, on that. They always had super fun costumes for um because I think William Hartnell had the kind of like uh, well, Edwardian. Their own thing, right? Yeah, yeah, he kind of had like his Edwardian uh, uh, cutaway coat, and I think they they brought that back with um, 
Peter Capaldi kind of has that kind of uh, that cutaway style, and then you've got uh, Sylvester McCoy, who has kind of like almost like a a straw hat, like a Buster Keaton kind of a hat and red and white striped jacket, and hmm. uh, so they always really have uh, fun costumes in these. This this episode I great with the um, the people on board the ship had those uh, space age sort of Nehru collar jackets yeah, with the trim, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also just well, the, like, the white bell bottoms. It was like, like 70s super, running suit. It was like super yeah. tall pants with like a little like shoulder shrug uh -huh. kind of Nehru jacket. Yeah, yeah. Very great stuff. Kind of vaguely like Logan's Run. I mean, because it's about right around the same time, so. Oh, I love Logan's Run. Love that movie. It's a great. I've heard they keep wanting to do a a remake of that. Well, they've made the, like, Island and other things where it's basically Logan's Run. But oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, we're making a new movie. Like, you're remaking I think Logan's if they Run. remake <laughs> Logan's <laughs> Run, I think they need to... I mean, obviously that movie was shot on a budget. I feel like they should stylistically make it look like that movie did, but with better special effects. Or you mean retain the uh, 70s aesthetic? Just Yes. They're basically living in a futuristic shopping mall, and there's a giant hand right. in the middle of everything. And I just think if they, like, use that sort of, like, futuristic, mid-century, modern aesthetic, that that would be really fun to play with, but you could, you know, add more depth to the story. I mean, it's a, I mean... Well, I think part of the idea, of the, too, of that culture is that, like, because they're only allowed to live for so long, they're kind of... The culture is kind of hedonistic, so... Oh, for sure, It yeah. seems to make sense to kind of, like, keep it in line with that... The vibe I mean, and the color of... The, the two main characters meet on what's sort of a, a mix between Tinder and a... Uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on that. A, a transporter, you know? You've got people are able to transport... Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. people's apartments. Yeah. If they're selected, they put themselves on... Instant. That's some kind of circuit, like a dating circuit, and it's basically Tinder because you swipe Instant and swipe Tinder. and swipe and yeah. But then the person gets to you get it delivered to your door. Right. Damn. Yeah. Now it's, that it's now Tinder, that's the future. <laughs> Tinder and Netflix and chill all all uh, all in the same package. You're getting yeah. it delivered, which I could see if you wanted to remake that, how you could have more background stories about cases where that goes wrong. Yeah. Horribly wrong. That, that's think, like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I feel like if anybody's going to do a good remake of Logan's Run, the people working on Black Mirror would... Yeah, Charlie Brooker I, would do I a good they kind of, uh, They handled that well in Blade Runner 2049, just yes. the idea of, like, virtual companions and uh, elevate from... virtual companions so again? Uh, uh, Joy? 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 Oh, it was Joy. Right. Yeah. J-O-I, I think. Because yeah. she's... Yeah. That was a good, well, I don't that wanna, was a good movie. No, that that no, movie was surprisingly good. I re-watched re that the other night, and it is so good. Yeah, <laughs> I rewatched. I rewatched. I was really scared to mm -hmm. go watch it, because it's like, you know, so far and... I rewatched yeah, several. I wanted to bring that up. I keep telling everybody, all our listeners at home, that Mandy was the best movie of 2018, and I still hold by that. But uh, uh, I you also said wanted... in the last hundred years of the last hundred years. <laughs> we just watched. We just watched Beyond the Black Rainbow. How is that? dude? Oh, I really like it. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Mandy was beautiful, but also I want to make a you know if if we do now that we're in 2019, I want to give shouts out. I rewatched Arrival. 
which still holds up and it's still I think mm, one of the need to, need to see that. one of the best movies and uh, Annihilation. Everybody hated Annihilation. Oh, Every, no, I really want to see that. That movie was stupid. That movie was stupid because it didn't explain everything to me at the end of the movie. And uh, no, you're wrong. Annihilation was a wonderful movie. And um, What's I would so wrong say with having some mystery. I've heard I've heard really positive no, because things because about it's it. American audience in, in life because you know? it's American audiences want the the alien to come out at the end of the movie with a British accent and say we've been observing your species from afar and this is what blah 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 blah. No, that was and done. Here... That was that crappy adaptation of Dreamcatcher, the Stephen King story. Right. Like, yeah. No people. Everybody's want... bleeding out their butt and then there's a British voice yeah. alien. No people. Spoilers want... for that. Shit, people want everything explained to them sorry. and they don't yeah, want to question that movie. they don't they don't want to question the motives of it's like it's like the solaris you know where like they don't it doesn't they solaris don't tell, is a beautiful film yeah it's like because it doesn't tell you because because nothing comes out at the end and says this is why we're doing what we're doing we're this is how we interact with you and you will never figure out why and annihilation is the same kind of way and Especially American audiences just don't though, have time for that. You get that. to draw your own conclusions and see. It's basically like it's a piece of art, and you get to project what you want onto it and extract mm -hmm. what you want from it. And you stand there and you look at the beautiful painting and you have an emotional response. Hopefully, you know. I mean, you don't just have everything explained. It's <laughs> because all of us have a different lens that we're looking through the world at anyway. So I had more why would you need a one fit size well, fits I, all? I had so many more conversations with people um after Annihilation about just everything about it and just and the feel of it and there were people that interpreted it in one way and there were videos all over YouTube that were like, no, this is you're wrong about this interpretation. Let me explain why. And, and, and I think that's marked it as a good movie just because you can still talk about it. Yeah. Anyways, if you haven't seen Annihilation, check out Annihilation. It's pretty good. And Arrival. Fantastic like, yeah, movie. Yeah, I still need to see both of those things. And, so. and then, you know, when you want to have some fun, you watch Mandy because Mandy was so good. Mandy. <laughs> so good. Sorry, we were watching White Christmas over the holidays and there's oh, a song and yeah. dance number called Mandy. But you liked uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow as well. I We have not yet seen Mandy. Oh, I, but you've seen Beyond the Black Rainbow. Well, I thought yeah. I should watch that first. So yeah. we watched that. We, That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I, yeah. Get your as, feet as much wet. as I'm part of lots of horror movie groups and we go to a horror movie club you know, where we meet at the theater and stuff, Drew and I are so horrible about seeing any kind of like 2018 releases. I saw... Three 2018 horror yeah. movies last year, and Mandy was probably at the top of my list, and it was in the theater for a while, and it just. Well, it's so hard when we're trying to watch every horror yeah. movie. It was from in the, the 80s, theater, like. <laughs> well, and it was in the theater. It was in the theater, like right around the time Halloween was going yeah. on, and that's just such and a like, nutso time it, for us. Well, it it only I think played at Hollywood Theater, and there were many shows that I went to that were sold out. So. Mm -hmm. It was well, a popular And also, movie. you know, I'm a big dork. I, I'm pretty sensitive to a lot of things. And the older I get, it seems like the sensitivity is not going away. It seems like it increases. And so I have to be in the right headspace yeah. to watch things, especially when I know a little bit about the plot. And I'm just like, you know, this is probably going to maybe make me cry. I need to be in the right headspace to watch this. So I just, I don't know. I, what did you all think of, um, did everybody see uh, Hereditary? No. No. Oh, uh, 
Hereditary I don't know if I'm going to watch that one. Hereditary was impressive. Uh, very good. I heard, though, from a lot of people that saw it, they were like, I don't ever need to see that again. I mean, that's how I always feel whenever I see a Darren Aronofsky film. Like, oh, wow, yeah. that was amazing oh. and really well done, and I feel like somebody took an egg beater to my stomach, and I don't ever want to watch that movie I completely again. understand it. Like, <laughs> I don't... I I feel no need to see Requiem for a Dream ever again. No. Uh, okay, yeah, and that I, was... I don't, that one made me nauseous. I don't feel a need to watch Mother again. Um, I'd watch The Fountain again. Of course, I've never seen movie. The Fountain. The Fountain is beautiful. The Fountain's Every, and pretty every, good. I think that's everybody movie hates that seen. movie too, but like, I like it. It's a head movie. I like it's head a meditative movies. head I movie. I don't need my it's, guts ripped out when I'm watching something. It, yeah, and it's, it's not that complicated. It's like a it's, true. It's yeah, like, it's like a weird spiritual journey. It's story. A, yeah, it's yeah. a psychedelic yeah. meditative. Right yeah. And then I also really want to see. I, I um, really want to watch um, uh, Holy Mountain after watching. Oh. The mm -hmm. Black Rainbow. I was like, why? I've seen clips of the Holy Mountain. Why have seen I never sat it, down yeah. and watched this whole thing all the way through? That's the Yodorowsky one, right? What was that? Yodorowsky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're totally not on a television tangent anymore. Nope. Um, <laughs> no. So, I thought, I thought real quick before we signed off, um, I guess I'd give people some hints at what's coming down the pike. We don't necessarily have specific assignments for specific months other than for May, which we designated our animation month. Oh, yes. Um, where we will be animation. discussing the cowardly dog. So I wanted to just say thanks to my co-host because we've done a full year of Haunted Davenport now. Mm. Um, this is our 13th episode. <gasps> it, I think Happy 13. I'm really proud of what we've done, and thanks to all of our listeners who've stuck with us thus far. Um, we're really enjoying this, and we're going to keep the ball rolling. I think next month... Um, for, I don't necessarily want to do like a straight up Valentine's Day episode, but I was thinking if it was okay with you guys, we might delve into some more Tales from the Crypt because it's been a while. Yeah, And sure. I thought maybe we could do something like Unholy Matrimony or something like that because there's so many like marriage oh, gone like, wrong like, like Tales Bride of the, the Devil Crypt. something, yeah. Stuff like that or like, you know, like there's multiple bad marriage mm -hmm. themed episodes and, and I just thought, you know, that's kind of a Valentine thing and I don't even know as somebody who's happily married, I don't, I don't know why I take pleasure in that, but I think, I think that'd be fun. So we, <laughs> a little schadenfreude there. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Nighty so. night, Drew! <laughs> oh! Yeah, yeah, we, we watched the episode with Amanda Plummer in it. Um, that's a creeper. But yeah, so I was thinking maybe that for February. Um, I know for sure, other than the Courage, the Cowardly Dog, I know this summer... Come hell or high water, we're going to do our Around the Campfire visitation with Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I think that's going to be so much fun. Mm. Um, beyond that, I know, like I said earlier, I think it'd be fun to do an Uncanny Valley episode maybe sometime this year. And well, then we'll we haven't really talked of Alfred Hitchcock. We haven't done any Alfred Hitchcock oh, presents. Really which would be I was going to ask about that if like mystery is, is in our wheelhouse. Well, oh, I mean, sure. He's, you know, the granddaddy totally of horror. That's true, yeah. And um, some of the episodes are really dark. We could we could do that for March. Um, we also, uh, let's see, uh, Tales from the Dark Side is a show mm -hmm. I'd like to visit. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember Freddy's Nightmares? Yes, I, I was actually just yeah. going to say, I actually never watched it as a kid, but I watched a little bit uh, earlier this year, or earlier last year, I guess, uh, late last year. Uh, to see what it was like, and I definitely think 
we could do some of that. I would really like to get into the Outer Limits, and we could do... Oh, yeah! We could either do old-school 60s Outer Limits. Um, actually, I think it'd be fun to do a comparison of original Outer Limits and then, like, the 90s revival. Um, there's 80s Twilight Zone. There's Ray Bradbury Theater. There's oh. a Roll Doll series that's currently on... Really? Um, I think it's available through Shudder called Tales <coughs> from the Unexpected. There's quite a bit of good horror television on Shudder right now. If right. you guys have a Shudder subscription. Well, and if it ever comes back to streaming, I'd like to talk monsters. Yes. Yeah, we should definitely check out monsters. you guys still never watched it. No, we've watched a couple monsters. Did we watch it? We watched yeah, it. We just haven't we discussed haven't talked about it here. Mm. Wait, have we not? Because I thought we discussed an episode with the dinosaurs. Oh, you're thinking of um, In Search of. Oh, is that In Search of? Mo yeah. Monsters, Monsters is, is a more of short a story format. Yeah, it's the one with the family around the TV mm -hmm. in the beginning. We've right. totally watched that a couple times. Yeah, we just, been, haven't we just haven't discussed it. it. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. No, In Search of, we did it the cryptid episode. might have just been with Andy. It might have been after Probably. Christmas. Oh, yeah. so if we can squeeze it <laughs> in um, this Everyone year. Everyone at home has no idea what we're talking yeah. about now. <laughs> and like, honestly, the closer we get to summer the crazier all of our schedules tend to get but if we can if we can squeeze in a bonus episode with everybody this year i would really love to do a bonus episode where we talk about scary commercials and public service announcements from the 80s and 90s because there were so many and i think it'd be really fun i mean there's there's a great kinder trauma article out there if you ever follow that blog uh that discusses some of them but Man, there's like some drunk driving commercials from the 80s and some, you know, there's always oh, like, this the is your brain on drugs. Well, yeah, those, and this uh, is not really a show, so I think it should be like a side bonus Those, uh, those Canadian uh, workplace safety oh, yeah. commercials, <laughs> those are traumatizing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you think the stuff they show you in the U.S. is bad, and then you see what's allowed in Europe where they don't hold everyone's hand or in Canada, yeah. you know, where it's just like, oh, well, the gloves are off. Don't be an idiot because <laughs> yeah. you'll get decapitated and we're going to show it. And we're going to yeah. show it, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. This PSA is intended for ages 18 and up, but we're going to show it, you know, with your Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. 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 There's a world of horror and sci-fi material out there, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll just start digging through it. For years. Well, and if anybody, yeah, if anybody <laughs> out there 20, listening, 20, what was it, twenty five? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are we gonna do in twenty five? I forget now. <laughs> well, if if we, <laughs> well, if we're we, not doing it now. If yeah, we make it to twenty twenty five now, I mean, there's also some stuff that I would love to discuss then, mm -hmm. but. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a while. Uh huh. <laughs> well, no, we were talking about the the Doctor Who when it. Oh, made the new its, Doctor its Who. New Doctor Who, yeah. yeah. Um, That's right. We're on a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> I forgot. Doctor Who. <laughs> it's been a journey. And that is not a reflection on the quality of Doctor no, Who. No, Doctor Who's amazing. Doctor We've just Who been on a, a, a slight bit of a, a tangent off of Doctor if Who. If you've listened to any of our other episodes, this is not a surprise. No. <laughs> so you can you can connect with us on Twitter uh, if you like. It's uh, at Haunted Davenport with one D. Um... Uh, again, we'll have uh, some show notes. Uh, we are currently our our homepage is um, at or is the haunted Davenport uh, at Podbean, which or dot Podbean dot com. But uh, I think fairly soon we're just gonna be haunted Davenport dot com. Get off my duff and 
Yep. Get us our own domain since we've been doing this a year. It's high time. So, Get on you know, iTunes. from here. <laughs> yeah, this is not the running joke. I don't like iTunes. But yeah, fine. I'll submit to iTunes. Our overlords, <laughs> our Apple overlords. But yeah, no, so we. Space mosquitoes. <laughs> well, space mosquitoes, indeed. Yeah, so uh, you can connect with us on Twitter. Um, and we will be expanding where and how you can listen to us, and we will make future announce announcements to reflect on that and uh, keep everybody updated. Mm -hmm. But yeah, look forward to a unholy matrimony episode in February, and in the in Is that between what we're time, it? I think so. Oh, okay. In 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 between time, <laughs> some some dark shadows. Anybody have anything else they wanna? discuss or say before we sign off anyone i don't no. think so i mean i'm i'm looking forward moderately horror related the uh the guy who was responsible for the original series of castlevania games which is kind of a a gothic horror dracula you know classic monsters inspired oh, yeah. series yeah, of video yeah. games he broke off from the studio that originally made castlevania because apparently those publishers are not weren't very nice to him um, and he is releasing his own kickstarted game at some point this year, maybe this quarter even. Oh! Yeah, it's, it's is called there awesome. also a series? Yeah, yeah on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Right yeah. yeah, there's an anime on Netflix right now. And that's it's, it's fun. It is better than it has any right to be. <laughs> cool. Way to um, keep it relevant. Yeah, right? So that's I'm looking forward to that. It's called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It is mm. not out yet, but it should be out soon, hopefully. Cool. Um, if I'd had a bachelorette party, that would have been the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Uh, but I was overwhelmed whoa. and really just needed a good night of sleep, so mm -hmm. I told I told my friends, sorry. So no ritual of the night. <laughs> but, you know. Well, you know, you can always have a post-bachelorette party. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, five years, <laughs> yeah, five years down the line. Five years later. In, in 2025, maybe. In 2025. 2025 is going to be a great time. Oh, We're going to be worked, doing so much stuff. I worked with a guy who Flying was, cars. I worked with a guy who was very religious, and his friend was getting married, but they didn't want to have a bachelor party because they were, because that was like... Sinful. Sinful. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so they didn't have a bachelor party. They had, yeah. a, they had a tool party. They had, like, they had a tool party, like a Tupperware party, but oh, since they were like guys, they had a tool oh, party. Oh, not like the band. I yeah, yeah, no, no. no. Or not like just a party where they all act like tools. No, <laughs> but like it's, instead of a Tupperware party, right, right. they had a they had a tool party where it's just like, I got you a router, dude. Oh, Terry, thank you. This is the best. <laughs> they, they all turned into. Uh, Bill and Ted. And yeah. the Bill and Ted. And, and, like, and exchange some tools. Look at you. Uh, look at this. I got you a socket wrench set. And it has metric sizes too. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> That's why you're my best man, bro. So. Yeah. Sound like good people. So, so if you don't want to have a, if you don't have, want to have a regular bachelor party, you could have a tool party. Remember when you have premium grade electric. <laughs> right. 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 If she doesn't or, find you handsome, she should at least find you handy. <laughs> good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Haunted Davenport. Yes. Brought Until... to you by Corbell. <laughs> <laughs>
Delicious Corbell heals all wounds. Oh my. <laughs> Until next time. Were you dunked in a freezing lake today? Try Corbell. <laughs> Have you been almost asphyxiated today? Get some Corbell. Mmm. Corbell. <laughs> Your living space is bigger on the inside. Because he said he had some brandy in the TARDIS. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. The TARDIS has everything. I wonder what the TARDIS's bar looks like. I bet you there's no tonic water, though. Oh. Nah, there probably is. Yeah. He's the thorough guy, that's doctor. definitely tonic water. I'd be, like, chucking it out the, the window. Oh, yeah. have some tonic On the way to the wine. next dimension, I feel like this is to go. <laughs> yeah, but what about malaria from space mosquitoes? Oh, that's true. You gotta have some tonic water. Uh, yeah, it's a I mean, serious West Nile. They're, they're basically sailors in a way. They gotta have some lime in there as well. Oh, yeah. Scurvy. Mm. Oh, excellent, yeah. nice limey gin and tonic. Mm. Mm. Alright, we should we should end it here. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go make one of those. Speaking of scurvy, I never finished the terror. I he is Franz Kafka! Franz Kafka! Be careful if you get him He'll smite you with metaphor fears Right now he can He's just a man A warrior of words taking a stand He grew up very poor He's fearless to the core Born in 1883, died in 1924 He is Franz Kafka But there he is. What will he say? I'm a lonely German. An only German from Prague. I wonder what I'll write about. I think I'll write about Prague. Don't want no one stepping on me, now I'm sympathizing with please.